Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 146 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. On today's episode, I get to hang with the little cutie Kristen Bear from Creative Sobriety. She is crushing stigma and cultivating community among sober and sober curious creatives. On this episode, she walks us through her recovery journey and how finding and tapping in her to her creative outlets really helped her in her recovery process. This is such a fantastic episode, so let's get into it. No one ever regretted not drinking. Say that again. No one ever regretted not drinking. So how nice would it be to wake up during the holiday season hangover free. This can be a reality. Take the 30 days to gain booze free challenge now. You will receive daily emails, two daily worksheets to complete to keep you accountable, and you will gain all the benefits that are not found at the bottom of a bottle. Head to a sobergirlsguide.com and sign up today. Kristen Bear, I am so excited to talk to you. Because Bear is your real name, which we'll it get is into. my real name. We'll get into later, that's for sure. <laughs> um, I definitely want to touch on you are the creator of Creative Sobriety, um, and I want to get into that. But first and foremost, I want to get to know you more and get your kind of backstory on your recovery and your sobriety journey. So if you could bring us back to, I like to call it. Um, before booze or, you know, whatever you like to call your, your, yourself back in the day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. It's kind of like this really crazy 
full circle moment because you're one of the first people I found uh, out there in the oh. sober sphere when I decided to get sober. So no way. Uh, listening, yeah, listening to your podcast was like a huge, huge part of my sobriety in the beginning, especially. So thank you for cool. that. Um, Thanks yeah. so much. Thanks for listening. Yeah, dude. My one yeah. listener. <laughs> it was me. It was just me. It was um, Kristen Bear the whole time. <laughs> Kristen Bear. <laughs> yes, very loyal uh, follower and podcast listener. So, yeah, man, I kind of, um, kind of like a lot of people, you know, like my my relationship with alcohol just sort of started pretty innocently um, in my late teens, high school, and years after that, and. Um, you know, kind of snowballed into what it was a couple of years ago when I quit. So um, mm-hmm. kind of to make a, a very long story short, I, I grew up uh, with a pretty normal childhood um, in Tennessee, uh, really, you know, great family. My parents divorced when I was really young. Mm-hmm. And I think that sort of started a trajectory for me of kind of always looking for my place in life mm-hmm. and kind of missing that. Um, father figure and, and wanting to be accepted and all sorts of things like that. And, and then that ultimately, I think, led to choosing some, you know, pretty poor partners and getting myself into crappy relationships in my young adulthood. And I ended up um, dating a really abusive asshole when I was 18 years old. And, and he was an alcoholic. And I was just sort of around this behavior, you know, um, and felt just like I was out of control in my life, really. Um, So I would say that alcohol quickly between the ages of like 18 and 22 became just a coping mechanism for me to deal with sort of some of these traumatic events that I had been through. Um, And I leaned on that really heavily to kind of numb out those experiences and, and honestly try to forget about them um and so that you know kind of was my my really my only coping mechanism in my 20s and that led to some mental health issues I had a lot of anxiety and depression and really had no idea that my alcohol use was really kind of fueling that and making it worse all the time um so yeah, mid 20s, I ended up getting married um, to a guy, a man who was actually a lot older than I was, mm-hmm. for, you know, kind of the wrong reasons. But similarly, to my background, I, I think I was I was looking for some safety and security and like, just looking for that sort of home place in life. And so totally. uh, got got married and, you know, was pretty unhappy, really, like, not fulfilling and, and still very much lost in, in the sense of who, who am I and what do I really want and all these things. Um, so I actually uh, started a career in modeling when I was in my early 20s. So during this oh. marriage, I, I kind of randomly become uh, plucked out of obscurity and sent off to start a career as a model. Wow. And um, yeah. And so how did your older husband deal with that? (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, He was supportive. Yeah, he was supportive in in the beginning, for sure. Um, 
I think looking back, I think had our relationship been uh, a little more healthy and stable, he may have had a little more issue with me kind of taking off to be living in another city um, without yeah. him. <laughs> but as it were, uh, it wasn't really an issue for him. Maybe he was happy about it. I don't know. Um, but that experience was the first time of really being on my own and having anything that was my own, you know, that I had mm. worked for, I was um, successful at on my own terms. And so that created um, that space for me to kind of say, okay, like I'm not happy with that situation. And so I ended up leaving marriage and then um, found myself in New York city single and 28, 29 years old and um, really lonely. And so then began this kind of next phase in my issues with alcohol where I was going out all, you know, all the time because New York is such a like vacuum for those kinds of people. You know, I mean, you could disappear into any bar on any corner and sort of like, you know, no one know what you're doing and, and who you're with. And so I kind of just fell into kind of a dark, a dark place there. And the modeling industry is fucked up. I mean, it's a lot of pressure and a weird, like, not real type of industry and atmosphere and people. And so that was a lot for me. And I just, I found myself really struggling to keep up. And um, so I was, yeah, I was drinking a lot at that point and then getting, you know, dating some of these guys in New York that were just completely full of shit and, and doing cocaine and like going out five nights a week. And like, I mean, it was just a, a wild, wild time. Um, it's fast, so, fast life, right? Like it's, it is. it's really fast in New York. Yeah, it yeah. is. And I, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a pretty, like, I was up until that point, like a pretty small town girl. I mean, I had grown up in Tennessee and um, I traveled, you know, quite a bit, I guess, but um, never on my own, like living in a big city like that. Mm. So it was a lot. And then, you know, you have, in that industry, you know, you're just kind of presented with a lot of opportunities, like going out for free because you're a model and going to these like model tables and parties and like people give you free booze and just want you to have a great time. So you like try to rise to that occasion and be this cool party girl and like, yes, crazy and so just strange and, and unhealthy. So exhausting um, too. Exhausting. And then, you know, yeah. and at the same time, you're like, trying to maintain this job that's really difficult and stay put together and stay prepared for, you know, like a call you might get the next day for a really big job. And it's like, I was constantly trying to balance this like partying lifestyle with trying to book these really like big jobs. And, and it just doesn't, it doesn't work, you know? Yeah. Um, well, so I can yeah, only so imagine like modeling hungover oh god oh, oh my god oh like getting your <laughs> makeup done and someone's like in your grill and you're just like oh god oh, oh god. god like from the night before and just, <laughs> yeah and you're just like oh my god please tell me they can't like smell you know the three bottles of champagne that are on my breath right now it's, just, oh. it's embarrassing you know and like you know you don't look the best and yeah but it 
you just, you try to roll with it, man. You try to just, like push through and everybody around you is doing the same fucking thing. So it's like, it's like normal. You know, it's considered yeah. normal, which is even more fucked up. Yes. Yeah. It's considered normal. And it's like, you know, either you can hang or you can't. So like, if you can't handle this, like get the fuck out, you know? Yeah. Someone um, else will. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So New York was kind of a crazy time for me and I had some really like scary moments with my drinking. I mean, you know, just completely blacked out or um, getting upset over some douchebag guy that I was dating and like chasing him all over, you know, four different boroughs to like figure out where he's at and like just a mess, a real mess. And um, so I ended up leaving the city and coming back to Tennessee. I was lucky to have some work here in Nashville that I could kind of come do. And um, so I moved back to Nashville and it was, it was a good change for me. Like, you know, my family is here um, and things kind of settled down a little bit as far as like my partying, I was um, doing pretty well work-wise. And then um, I ended up moving to LA Um uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I moved to LA beginning of 2018. And um, that was kind of the beginning of kind of the end. I mean, not to be dramatic, <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I so yeah, I started um, pursuing acting. So that's really kind of where my career has, has gone at this point that's what I really am focused on and um so anyways I went to LA and said I'm gonna I'm gonna take some acting classes for a year and really try to do that the right way and you know become like a real actress and do all these things and I um moved there with uh my uh, ex-boyfriend um so we met in Nashville and moved there together and um so things were things were great for a bit and then just kind of slowly um was really unhappy with a lot of things in my life. I wasn't Mm. working the way that I wanted to. My relationship wasn't moving in the direction that I wanted it to. I was deeply insecure. I, you know, was just not myself. Um, Mm. Working in a restaurant part-time to like pay my bills and just in that whole lifestyle. And um, yeah, I was, I was drinking and absolutely, um, insane amount you know every night I would get off my shift and grab a bottle of wine on the way home and that seemed normal that seemed like uh you know something that I had earned from listening to all the you know mm. assholes in West, West Hollywood for six hours at dinner and, and so that just became my routine and um yeah. yeah and it was it was just at this point I guess I would just want to say that that my drinking was really just affecting every, every aspect of my life. So it had gone from, well, that's crazy partying, whatever, to you can see it all over my face and my body and my mental health was at an all time low. I mean, I was having panic attacks. I was fighting with my boyfriend. I was not um, really like presenting myself to the world in any way that I even recognized. Um, Wow. was just kind of a, a low, low time. And so I uh, ended that relationship and moved back to Tennessee. And mm-hmm. I think that that was such an overwhelming loss to me at the time that um, I, I just, I didn't want to feel any of that. I felt like a complete failure. 
Like I had, you know, not only had my career all but been ruined, I hadn't made any progress, but I had lost this relationship that was very important to me. And I just, I blamed myself for everything. Um, and I really hated myself. I, I was so angry with my behavior and yet didn't really know what to do. Um, wow. So all of that to be said, um, basically what I got to the point of blaming myself for the behavior, but that turned into the biggest change in my life because I realized if I was responsible for feeling the way that I felt, then I could also be responsible for changing all of that. Yeah. And I just decided um, I'm going to quit drinking. Like what the fuck else do I have to lose? You know, let me yeah. try that. Let me see what happens if I don't do that. So that's kind of where I started. That's February 26th of 2020 was the wow. day I my that's my sober date. And um, yeah, I haven't had a drink since then. And, you know, it's been definitely the best decision that I've ever made. And um, yeah, I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies. Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. Just pretty crazy, but yeah, so here we are. And then I started listening to your podcast and some other <laughs> podcasts and um, finding other people who kind of felt like I did, you know, and looking yeah. kind of outside traditional um, recovery programs and like wanted something that fit more of my mentality. And so, yeah, yeah I found some, some cool people that way. Cool. Um, how come um, AA didn't work for you or how did you even try? Was that even an option or yeah. So your kind of thought process behind that. I went to one AA meeting when I was living in LA before I was ever really seriously considering, I mean, I was seriously considering getting sober, but I just didn't really know what to even call it at that point. And I happened to, yeah. to, to work with a girl who was an AA and she was also an actor and a writer. And so I really like connected with her and felt like mm. I could relate to her. And she's like a super rad chick and like doing all this cool stuff. And she's like, why don't you just come to an AA meeting with me? And so I went and I just, it wasn't for me. I didn't really connect to a lot of the ver verbiage. Like, yeah. Um, for me personally, I, I don't like the word alcoholic and mm -hmm. it's only because it just doesn't seem to kind of sum up my experience with alcohol, you know, and, okay. and something that I've also really sort of um, pushed back on is the idea that I am powerless to it. And so that's been a huge mm -hmm. part of my healing is like, you know, there's, there's nothing that I'm powerless to like, I, I've yeah. taken control of my life and like, um, for me, I just won't ever say that, you know? So 
Yeah. That's a personal, that's just a personal like way that I do things. And I know that that's not everyone's way, but I also am a big proponent of the fact that not one thing works for everybody. And so I try to be very open to the idea that, you know, however a person gets sober is really cool and awesome. And, you know, there's room for that. Definitely. I love that. And I, I completely agree with the powerless aspect. Um you know, especially, you know, I, I think there's like, it's like a spectrum, I feel, you know, um, I, I think that at some point, you know, yeah, you can get physically addicted to anything, right? Like, drugs, alcohol, actions, like gambling, love, people, um, you, you can, you can get physically entangled and, and addicted to them. But at some point, we we do have a choice, right? And I think that focusing on that choice and, and giving different choices and different options to people is really important. And um, yeah, like you said, like empowering, like the fact that you realize like, wait, I'm, I'm the captain of the ship, right? Like I'm, I'm steering this boat. Um, that's really powerful. And I think especially for women, like we we need to be empowered right now and forever and always. Um, a hundred percent. I think like, and, and just to even touch on that too, I think um, as a feminist, like as a woman, I see sobriety as an opportunity to really just take even more control of my life. Like, mm-hmm. and I've talked about that a lot in my work as well, but um, yeah, I think like you were saying, empowering, like I'm empowered by the idea that if something isn't working for me, I can make that change. And I choose, I choose what I do. Nothing chooses me. I choose it, you know, and if I'm not changing it, then I'm choosing that. But when you decide to change something, then you're making that choice and that's up to you. Like nobody will do that for you. Um, And so, so yeah, for me, that's just what works. That's what helps me stay sober and happy and empowered by this decision that I've made is yeah. to say, um, yeah, I just do it my way. This is what it is to me. Totally. Um, and then how, how has your life changed? Like, I know you said you were dealing with like depression and anxiety. Um, you know, it's kind of like the process of elimination, right? Like what's causing this? Like, is it the chicken before the egg kind of situation? Like, did I have this? Was alcohol causing it? What did you come to, to realize after ditching booze? Yeah. I mean, my experience has been that I have dealt with some traumatic things in my life. You know, I have definitely had some events happen that I think put me on a trajectory to be, um, to be um, susceptible to anxiety and depression and substance abuse. So what I what I now know is that that anxiety, anxiety and depression that I was dealing with was being completely exacerbated by alcohol and drugs. That was a big mm. weed smoker too. Um, and now that I'm sober, almost two years will be in February. Um, now that I'm sober, I'm not on any medication. I am sleeping without medication. I don't have panic attacks. I don't have general anxiety like I used to. So for me, it's been pretty obvious that my 
drinking is really what sort of brought that out of me. Not saying that I didn't have sort of a predisposition for it, um, for sure. And I still have, of course, like I'm not just some fucking happy-go-lucky like person who never has a down day. Like, you know, I do and I get anxious about things. I worry about things, but it's just a totally different level now. Yes. Yeah. I feel like alcohol definitely it's like a roller coaster, you know, like obviously we have these emotions, right? Like things are going to come up during, during our day-to-day life. Like it would be irresponsible to say that like, Oh, like my anxiety is gone or my depression is gone. Um, But the, the actual, the mood swings, like the actual, like when I was drinking, it was like, so like the 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 peaks were so high and the valleys were so low like I'm talking in bed 24 hours like straight like dark black room like no not leaving yes yeah and then the highs would be like so high like I would be you know for a moment honestly I thought I was like a little bit bipolar it my grandma's bipolar like I just kind of like I'm like, oh, maybe that's that's the case. But honestly, alcohol was just taking those. Um, my emotions were just totally out of control. Like I had zero control on them. Like I would yeah. literally, when I would get drunk, it would either be Hulk Hogan, like literally taking up like <laughs> chairs at the bar and like parading yeah. security <laughs> guards with a chair, like, because that's normal. Or yeah. I would be in the corner, like a crawl, like just a little fetus crying my eyes out. And you never yeah. knew what person it would be. And yeah. that's not a great choice either. No, but honestly, I, I, I fully re- relate to that sort of like Jekyll and Hyde um, yeah. personality thing. Cause that was a big thing with me too. I mean, you know, that's why I think it was so hard for me to grasp the idea that alcohol was a real real problem for me because sure I there would be plenty of times where I was totally fine have a great time life at the party didn't do anything out of the ordinary would remember the whole night and have you know a lovely time but then there were those nights and you I could never predict when it was going to happen Mm -hmm. that like you said I would flip into that thing and I would become um hostile and confrontational and um just lash out. I remember, you know, there was one totally. incident at a football game that I thought um, I, I got into like a shouting match with a guy who was like an opposing fan. I barely remember any of this, but my boyfriend at the time was literally like in tears. Like I, you know, you can't <laughs> like, well, you can't do that. Like it was the most, I've never seen someone so angry. And it was like, yeah. where did that, where was that coming from? You know? Yeah. Um, but also like you were saying, you know, am I bipolar? Do I have this? I mean, yeah, I was, dude, I was in my psychiatrist's office, like begging him to diagnose me with something because I didn't want to accept that I just should stop drinking. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, I, you know, do I have, I think I might have, um, ADD. I think I have bipolar. I think I might have borderline persistent schizophrenia, like something, there's something that you could just like give me the word for it, medicate it, and we'll be good to go. Totally. And this, this doctor 
was the first one. Um, this was when I was living in LA and he was the first doctor to ever look at me and say, you know, that alcohol and drugs like makes it, makes this a lot worse. Like you should talk. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. What? Give yourself a break. <laughs> yeah. Right. And like, well, nobody just like completely stops, bro. Like yeah. what are you talking about? <laughs> Definitely not in LA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely not in the entertainment industry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. so that took it took me a while to accept, but yeah, it's made a huge difference in my mental health. Um, yeah, and really everything, I mean, everything. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right, but sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com A-S-G-G today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash A-S-G-G. Yeah. Like, how are your relationships now? Well, I am a generally nicer person. (laughs) I am a much more empathetic person. Okay. And I am, I'm able to show up, you know, I'm able to show up for my, my friends and my family. I have two sisters that are so important to me. I have a niece now who's two years old. um, And I have lots of great friends in my life and I'm just more present. I'm Mm. able to actually hear and respond and be um, compassionate to people in a way that I don't think I was before. And I mean, romantically, I I took uh, a self-imposed year away from dating when I got sober. Nice. And it was, yeah, it was definitely worth it. And then even since then, I've had very uh, little experience dating still. I'm I'm very like, self focused still at this point in my life, I've dated someone for a couple of months. And the interesting thing is, you know, now that I'm sober, when something isn't right, and Mm -hmm. it's not going to be, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, it's really easy to just say, this isn't, this isn't going to work, you know, old me would like drag it out for three years, maybe even marry the person. And then, you know, <laughs> yeah. say, Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> Fucked up. Yeah. Um, so maybe yeah, we should have just been friends. Weird. Yeah, yeah. Damn. I really was like avoiding the, the whole like argument of breaking up with you. So now we're married and it's yeah. fucked up. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but no, it's uh, crazy. And like, I'm to the point now where I, I actually feel kind of ready for that again, which I didn't for a long time. Wow. Um, 
So that's exciting, you know, to think about having a relationship again, where I'm like, actually love myself and I'm a full Mm -hmm. developed person and can bring like so much more to that. So yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's best to be a whole person. I can't recommend like (laughs) I can't stand like all this like stuff. I mean, I love love like I am a huge, like monogamous relationship person. But like, to like, I don't understand the concept of like soulmate or finding your other half. When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. That terrifies me. Like those words and like that idea of that is so ass backwards. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree for so long. Like I was looking for that so desperately, you know, I just Mm -hmm. wanted to meet, meet someone who would, you know, in the words of Jerry Maguire, complete me. Yes. and that's such a save me. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I am totally guilty of being that girl for so long. Um, Same. And it's pretty amazing to now go. Okay, well, actually, I saved myself, and I did all this, and now I'm ready to like invite someone into this life. You know that I'm really proud of, and it's not that I'm looking for someone to come and do that for me. Yeah, definitely. You're not waiting for someone to save you. Yeah. So that's just... that man, like that is really powerful. And like to have like your picker on, on board on your side, <laughs> as opposed to like, oh, I'm just going to keep this one like oh, breadcrumbing. Man. Oh, man. I mean, yeah. it's, it's so true. Like you can just trust yourself so much more too. Yes. Like, uh, at least I can, I feel as a sober person, I have, I'm so much more in tune with my intuition mm-hmm. and I trust my gut instincts now um, in a way that I couldn't terrifying. before. It's mm-hmm. almost scary. Like 
I, I, I've talked about this many times. It's, it's a legit superpower. Like this intuition, this feeling that you get when you're sober, because yeah. you're so clear. And if you ignore that shit, oh, it will not let you get away with it. I, I know yeah. that's an experience. Like, whoa. It's it is really a cool. superpower. Yeah. It really is. I, I consider it that 100%. It's like this whole other, like, whole other arsenal of, of something that I have now that I can reach into and, and use that yes. wasn't available to me at all when I was drinking and, and drugging and whatever, avoiding my life. You know, it's like mm-hmm. now um, it's like I know something that other people don't know, you know, like totally. <laughs> It's cool. It's so cool. Yeah. I, you know, the secret like society, this like, yeah, this, man, this, this like sixth sense kind it of truly yeah. Is. yeah, it's yeah. pretty amazing what we're able to do. Um, yeah. I want to talk about thank you for sharing your story. Yeah, it was really awesome. Um, I want to talk about how creative sobriety came to be. How did that, how did you get the ball rolling on that? Yeah. So basically when I decided to get sober, I started sort of scouring the internet for um, people that I could relate to that were Mm. putting out content that I could latch onto. And so I I started looking up Instagram hashtags and things like that and realized there's a whole world, you know, this whole sober community out there on Instagram. And I found it. Yeah. I just found it so comforting that there were all these people and a lot of them, like me, we're talking about sobriety in a much more kind of modern way and all inclusive way. Yeah. And, you know, I liked that a lot. And so um, I think it was about three months in maybe even less than that, maybe a couple months into my sobriety, I started a page, I started creative sobriety. um, But anonymously, I wasn't posting photos of myself or anything like that. I was just Mm -hmm putting little thoughts that I had out there and, you know, whatever. Um, And started, people started following me and liking what I was posting. And so I started getting a little more inspired to put more of myself into it. And then I think it was around like six to eight months of being sober. I like blasted it to the world and started posting <laughs> myself and posted it on my personal page and announced that I was sober and yeah. it was just super in, and like empowering and inspiring to me. And the idea of helping other people really has become a huge part of my sobriety and staying sober. Um, yeah. So that's a big, a big like part of my life at this point. So creative sobriety is um, my way of, kind of encouraging other people who were maybe in the same place that I was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Looking yeah. for someone to kind of give them some encouragement. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's kind of interesting how you said like, you know, back in LA, uh, your waitress friend who was like, Oh, like just try and come uh, to an AA meeting. But the way you described her, you found so many similarities. You, you really looked up to her and like she had qualities that you, it sounds like you wanted to possess, right? Yeah, totally. And so it's really, really, really powerful when you can connect with someone like that. Like you feel like you're on the same level and you're, 
you know, the same mindset as someone, um, because then it doesn't feel so foreign. Like it doesn't feel like it's such a leap, right? It doesn't feel like it's That's such it. like a like a um, pipe dream almost. You know, it's like yeah. oh, well, I can relate to her. Like I've been through the same things with her. Like we have we have the same kind of background. Like we're both actresses, both in the same location. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how. Um, finding commonalities and similarities with people actually open people up to healing much more easier that tends to be a little more expedited um and and more enjoyable because you have like a group of like-minded individuals it's so it's like again this little secret society that you have like everyone has your back you know where each other are coming from so it's so so powerful it's like actually scientifically proven to be like one of the strongest ways to actually make change and lasting change. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And I've definitely found that. So it's not by accident. Completely true. Yeah. 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 And I think that's why, you know, that's why AA works so well for a lot of people too, because yeah. you're going and you're hearing someone's story that you um, see yourself in. Right. And to me, it's about seeing yourself in another person. I mean, there's nothing really more divine than that, you know, and Mm -hmm. connecting that way. But also for me, that's what I found through listening to podcasts like yours and the other ones that I would, I would go through and look at, you know, the episode um, notes and who is this person? How old is she? where did she live? What did she do? Like, and try to find something that I could connect to. And then I would listen to that, you know, and I would find another one and another one. So Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely like, until you see someone that you can relate to doing a thing, Mm -hmm. it's hard to imagine yourself doing that thing, you know? Yeah. So. Cause it it just feels so foreign and so far-fetched. And like you said, even someone in the same, like someone from your like hometown, you know, and they've like achieved something that you maybe want for yourself or in your life it's, it makes it like, oh, well, she's from my hometown. Like, I can do it too. Like, it's something in our, in our brains that like tips us off that it's like almost, um, not muscle memory, but it's like, it's, it's possible. It's, it's not, yeah. Um, an impossible task. Totally. Totally. It's really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, so with creative sobriety, you have an Instagram page and then you also have uh, a podcast, right? Yeah, I have a podcast. Uh, right now it's on Spotify and Amazon, also called Creative Sobriety. So, nice. um, yeah, it's like an interview format. I have, you know, different people on, just try to keep it um, super casual, conversational, you know, kind of like this and just like sharing yeah. stories and, you know, pumping each other up and, again, like try to keep it super diverse so that there's someone that hopefully everyone can find to relate to um, kind yeah. of thing. And like, yeah, I'm on, I'm starting uh, season two will come out the day wow. after Thanksgiving. So yeah. yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. Uh, podcasting is so much fun. Like I never, I, I just, I don't know why I fought it for so long, but it's like such an amazing way to like, I mean, and it's an excuse to talk to people that I want to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> dude. And also seriously. have great conversations, right? 
Yeah, it's yeah. it's been it's been absolutely amazing. Like I didn't yeah. even know it would be possible for me to do something like this, you know, um, mm-hmm. let alone love it as much as I do. And it's also just so crazy that I'm on your podcast talking about <laughs> my podcast right now. People, this is just this is pretty cool. This is sobriety <laughs> because this two years ago, like listening to your podcast in mm-hmm. just my state of mind like this wasn't even possible you know so it's like pretty cool anything is possible anything is possible man and everything's a lot easier sober (laughs) it really is like doing this shit hungover like oh talk about struggle bus no oh shit no (laughs) no way man no not enjoyable believe like I can't even believe, honestly, how I was functioning. Like when I think back to some of those yeah. just brutal hangovers and like that wasn't, that was not a fully functioning life. That was something else. And it gives me anxiety to ever think about feeling that way again. Totally. Um, I've actually like recently, I don't know why this memory keeps popping up, but uh, when I was younger, this is so embarrassing, but whatever, here it comes. <laughs> Um, like this, this, the shit that I used to say when I was drunk is absolutely terrifying. So one morning, (laughs) morning, um, I was about 22 just before I moved to LA and I lived with my mom and I used to come home around five 30 in the morning from the bar with my friend Doug because we were both hairstylists and we used used to go party after work. Pretty normal. So I was coming up, uh, I was sitting on the back porch at 5.30 in the morning and my mom was coming outside to go to work at 5.30. And she like sat down in the chair with me and I was wasted. And I look at her and I told her, I'm like, you know what? Tonight, I have come up with the ideal job for myself. And she's like, oh, yeah, can't wait to hear this. And I'm like, I'm going to travel around the world and I'm going to review strip clubs. Oh, man. My mom looked at me with such, and I remember her face just like, oh, God, like, what, (laughs) what did I do to deserve this? Where did I go wrong? At 5.30 in the morning, just as I can't, like, coming home, 5.30 in the morning, as if that wasn't, like, the walk of shame enough, like, come on. And then, you know what, mom? I got it. I've got it. I, yeah. <laughs> it hit me tonight. Yeah. <laughs> it's all making sense. It's all coming together right at this very yeah. moment. 5.30 yeah. a.m. <laughs> yeah. Although I will say like a sober girl's guide strip club review tour, like there's something highly entertaining about that. But uh, I, I don't know if you should completely count it out. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> the dream is still alive it is still a possibility hey, yeah anything is possible anything know? is possible anything is possible 
But like, I mean, I do, side note, I do. And I've mentioned this before. I have the utmost respect for dancers and like Hell yeah. clubs. I think it's, they're so brave. And I, I, yeah, I think it's really an art the way they do their biz. I love it. I think they're yeah, so cool. Hell yeah. 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 I'm actually, uh, yeah. Anyways, I'm going to leave the conversation in there. <laughs> I've said you too much. On that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Stay tuned on the next episode of Silver Girls Guide podcast. We are traveling to strip clubs in North America. <laughs> Amazing. I'm telling you. Gold. <laughs> oh, my God. Kristen, where can we find you on the World Wide Web? Yeah, so definitely Instagram is really the best place to connect with me. Um, okay. So that's at Creative Sobriety. And I'm always super happy to get a message from you. And, um, you know, anytime, reach out. And if you uh, follow the podcast on Spotify, Amazon, let me know. Feedback is always welcome. And yeah, just love to connect with anybody who is out there wants to chat. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing uh, your experience and your knowledge with us. I really appreciate it. Yes, of course. Thank you so much for having me and just, you know, being an awesome, sober girl uh, advocate. So you're amazing. How great is Kristen? As always, thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to rate, subscribe, and leave your comments about the podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at A Sober Girls Guide. And head to asobergirlsguide.com for how-tos, tricks, and tips. And, of course, Sober Girl swag, merch. We have programs, downloadable workbooks. You name it, we got you covered at every stage of your recovery. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good day.